Welcome to episode 100 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Becky, Anthony, and Sarah. They used the donation button on our website. Thank you, Becky, Anthony, and Sarah, for your generous contributions. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. This is the 100th episode of The Recovery Show. In this episode, we'll be hearing from some of the guests and the co-hosts who have participated in the show over the past year. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we at The Recovery Show may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experiences. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I will be your host today. Joining me electronically will be Mark, Ruth, Mara, Harriet, and Akila. So I, I asked my guests today to reflect on some questions as we reach our 100th episode. These questions were, why did you decide to participate as a guest on The Recovery Show? How did you feel beforehand? How did you feel afterwards? How do you feel now about your participation? Did you listen to your episode? And if you did, what was that experience like? And if not, why not? How has participating in the show strengthened, or perhaps not, your l program? And what would you like to say to our listeners about your experience? Some of my respondents addressed these questions directly. Uh, some answered all of them. Some just talked generally about their experience. Mark from the Recovered Podcast sent a short voice note. Mark is the person who encouraged me to start the recovery show, and he reflects on his experience as a guest on the show last year. Podcasting from my car, we are recovered. Hey, Spencer, it's Mark, and I just wanted to drop you a line and say congratulations on your 100th episode. It's a great accomplishment to be able to get to triple digits on your episode count, so that's wonderful. And I also wanted to take a moment and say thank you. Thank you for all your work because it supports me and my recovering life. I take you along every week with my iPhone as I listen to your experience, strength, and hope along with your guests, and it supports my recovering life as well. I wanted to reflect also as a co-host on the recovery show. We recorded that one Sunday afternoon at Kelly's house as we watched the days of wine and roses, and then we did a podcast episode of the recovery show as we reviewed and reflected on that movie as it related to alcoholism and as it related to codependency. And it was a great opportunity for me to be able to sit there and talk about recovering topics and not have to worry about turning the dials and pushing the buttons. But I just wanted to, again, say congratulations on your 100th episode. Thank you, Mark. Uh, it does feel like uh, an accomplishment. I look back and say, wow, 100. How did, how did that happen? You know, well, one episode at a time, as we say. I think that Ruth was the earliest electronic guest on the show, and she has certainly been the most regular of my co-hosts over the last year. It still amazes me that we're able to create an episode together while living a quarter of the way around the earth from each other. 
And Ruth uh, reflected a little bit on this uh, at the end of the episode on Tradition 12. Another thing what happened in my life just now is that I'm recording the last Tradition podcast. And this is very important to me. I volunteered to, to help you, which um, um, when when I started and you were saying you do not know how to proceed with uh, without uh, Swaysa and Kali, and uh, it is easier for you to to record if you if you have a person in front of you to talk to somebody. I said, oh, maybe I can I can do that. And it is also you know if. If you want to have it, you have to give it away, and participation is a is a key to harmony. But mm-hmm. also, it is a wonderful with this Alanon program. If you give something, you get something back. And so I learned so much recording with you, talking with you, doing this, and I got so much that I can only hope somebody else gets something out of my sharing too. She also... Uh, sent me an email uh, answering the the questions directly. I asked, why did you decide to participate as a guest? She says, it is the fourth concept attitude. Participation is the key to harmony. So if I like to listen to other listener feedback, I write in myself. I was touched when you not only read my email, but also read it in the podcast. After that, I thought, I have to write something more meaningful. Trying to do the preparation alone was good program work for me. Were you a co-host for a full episode? She says, first, I called in via the speak pipe button because I'm outside the U.S. and don't know how expensive a call would be. And then, as I remember, we started recording together with a smaller section, like 20 minutes. It is much easier for me to talk to someone than seeing the 90 seconds of the recording time running. She's referring to the speak pipe button there if you haven't used it. In the end, I had been the host for two episodes, as I remember. I couldn't have done it without your pre-work and support during the recording. From the surprise of being heard by hearing my first email in the show to hosting within a year, felt like growing up to a superwoman. I asked, how did you feel beforehand, afterward, and how do you feel now? He says, I'm always nervous. I double-checked the, the technical things. I put out a glass of water in the books and some candies for my throat and range. I pray that I may avoid stupid things to say and that I may say something which is useful for someone else. When we finish, I feel some relief, and I'm often surprised where the conversation went. The question, did you listen to your episode? She says, I listen to our episodes because first, I want to really understand what you, Spencer, have said. I'm too nervous to really listen to it while recording. In a meeting, I could stay quiet. I don't have to focus on what to say next. I have no paper in front of me with topics I think should be discussed. Working with you, Spencer, over several episodes gave me a lot of trust in working through that. But I'm still a much too outcome-focused, nervous person to let go of that while we are recording. I also can't let go of criticizing myself for my accent or not finding the right expression. Did I say we put weed in the cake? Of course I meant flour. Let me put this right. We don't eat weed cakes in Germany. (laughs) With this kind of incident, I remember my anti-perfectionist mantra. If it is worth doing, it is worth doing it poorly. And I hope the listeners agree or just have a different perspective on my performance. I asked, how has participating in the show strengthened or not your Al-Anon program? 
She responds, as I said, nearly all of my contribution to the recovery show are well prepared. I read literature and think the topics through in a way I nearly have no other incident for. Due to our meeting formats here, there are very seldom Al-Anon open talks or leads. Participating in the show has strengthened my program in a way I could never have imagined, and I'm endlessly grateful for that. Ask what would you like to say to your list, our listeners about your experience? She says, do it. I can't wait to hear from you. And I think I would echo that. I asked, uh, also asked uh, the people who wrote uh, in if they wanted to recommend a song. And Ruth says, yesterday, driving home in my car, I heard a song again, which would better reflect my feelings of today and is more about the solution, I think. It's Frozen by Madonna. Uh, Some lyrics. You only see what your eyes want to see, how life can be what you want it to be. You're frozen when your heart's not open. You're so consumed with how much you get, you waste your time with hate and regret. You're broken when your heart's not open. She says this, the lines remind me of our book, Opening Our Hearts, Transforming Our Losses. Life could still hurt, but I can deal better with it when I have an open heart where I can let supporting people in and grow love than with a frozen heart, which could break with any beat received. And uh, she closes by saying, I wish you, your family, our listeners, and our Al-Anon Worldwide family peaceful holidays and a good start into the new year. Uh, thank you, Ruth. And uh, all, the, all the music will be um, on the website at therecoveryshow.com slash 100. You can listen to them there. Mara, who is currently traveling, sent this recorded share. Hi, Spencer. It's Mara. I am so excited. I'm so excited. You're turning 100. You're turning 100. Um, So I'm really excited that you asked me to be part of this episode because every time you ask me, I'm pretty damn excited and honored. Um, so let's just, let's just start at the top. Why I decided to participate as a guest on the recovery show. Um, you know, I never really thought that I would be asked, but I offered, you know, as an act of service, I find myself sending this from Germany again, where a year ago I had gone through this amazing experience that strengthened my program so deeply Um, and I was able to also share that experience, strength and hope on a full interview episode about, um, about traveling with the program and the kind of flexibility that's required and the way in which you need to embrace all of the tools of the program, because they're really there. I mean, yes, number one being of service is getting your butt in the chair, but there are making calls there's also making calls to check on friends, you know, to reach out that, 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 that essence of connection that is what the program is all about. You know, there are so many ways to be of service, whether it's Alateen, whether it's, yes, calling to, um, to connect with um, another Al-Anon and see how they're doing and not just always you know, necessarily, necessarily asking for help. And I think for me, um, where can I be of service is such really an essential part of me and certainly part of the work that I do. And at that time in, the life, in my life while I was traveling, I was, I was feeling very um, 
frustrated by the various challenges that were presented to me. You know, my, my home life, being on the road, traveling, you know, the challenges with my program, then the challenges um, with my career. And so my sponsor, you know, had said when I had talked to her about various meetings here in Europe and the challenges they presented and that they weren't necessarily a specific meeting, wasn't necessarily offering me, you know, the kind of a recovery that I needed or I was used to, you know, from home and, and I was feeling homesick. And she was pointing out to me that being of service is possibly a, a place I wanted to start to start to go. Like that seemed to be, you know, where I see where a meeting is not serving me could also be where it's also possibly not serving others and that I have something to offer. Also, Though it took me a while to get to the point, uh, you know, where I started to feel, uh, you know, that my program was strong enough to, to be of service. But one of the points for me that just really enriched my life was, you know, listening to one of your podcasts and really feeling that, that, that little bit of feeling inside, because that's what we're doing here, right? We're trying to connect to the small voice, not like the big judgmental voices, the small voice you know, that said, but well, wait a second, I'm going to reach out to this guy and tell him how much he means to me and how much this podcast means to me. And yes, of course, if there's anything I could do. So it's one of the ways in which I could, again, stay connected. There are so many tools of the program. Um, and for me, I was really honored to be asked to uh, be a co-host for, I think, three episodes and then, um, I think I hosted one of the episodes and then, and then I did a long interview about traveling, uh, with the program, which is definitely, you know, one of the more challenging things. And, um, certainly since then, I, I remember that I, I relied so much on the, on the recovery show at, at one point, but now I've been traveling again and, um, I, I see how much, you know, the program has deepened and how much my tools have deepened, you know, cause you don't want to rely on one thing. You don't want to rely on one person. And I think that's what the program is partly trying to teach us, you know, that it's not just one thing. It's not just my willpower. It's a bigger picture. Uh, you know, my higher power is a bigger picture that's showing up in different ways. And so now, you know, I, I see that, for instance, like I was in Italy in a very remote area without any of my support. But what I was able to do was, for instance, connect to somebody who I now have a connection with in the Vienna, Austria crew <laughs> group over there. And they have some really great recovery there because he was in my time zone. And, um, you know, I'm going to be, for instance, going, spending Christmas with my, uh, significant others, my loved ones, uh, family where there are apparently some, some Al-Anon issues, some untreated Al-Anon. And I have some fears around that, but I, I of course also have some fears around my new relationship. I mean, I'm, I'm an Al-Anon, um, but I know that I have the tools. I know that I have people to call and I have practiced calling. I've practiced reaching out. I've practiced, for instance, you know, reaching out to you, um, and reaching out and, and being able to be of service. So how I felt beforehand and how I felt after and how I feel now about my participation is it has, um, pretty much been the same, um, a real, again, eagerness to be of service wherever I can, the fact that being of service um, gives so much back to me 
Um, and certainly whenever I, I talk to you, Spencer, you have so much, um, intuitive strength, so much, um, intimacy and so much ability to share and be articulate about your own experience that really anytime I get to talk to you, Spencer is, is of use to me and is, has been so, you know, such a loving force in my life. Um, and you know, I think one of my favorite podcasts I did might've been the one on trust because it was one of the ones where I have the most issues. And I remember feeling so clumsy, so clumsy in the episode and being like, I have, what am I talking about? Um, but I feel like that one was the most valuable experience because I saw the fear and I was just like, screw it. I'm going to go into it. I'm going to go into it with my friend Spencer and walking through that fire. Um, I came out the other side feeling so much different, so much, um, so much different. (laughs) Um, I'm going to, I'm going to trust that sentence structure you know, because it's like one of my favorite speakers is Earl. He's an AA speaker. And he likes to talk about, um, you know, the fear of letting go. Earl talks about how can you let go? the, How can you get through the fear of letting go um, to be able to let go? And he says, you don't. You let go in the face of it. That we don't wait until we're not afraid to do stuff around here. We take action in the face of the fear, and that's how the fear gets relieved. You don't have to like it. You just have to do it, so you do it. That on on a daily basis, we engage in the activity that allows us. On a daily basis, I engage in the activity that allows me to walk through the earth free. Um, That you, you know, my sponsor used to say you you act yourself um, out of right thinking sometimes. Um, that, you know, my brain is not my friend and that's why, you know, we reach out to people who know more. I reach out to this podcast and I listen to this podcast. I'd be of service. I go and I talk to my friend Spencer, (laughs) um, on record and, um, and that allows me to trust, for instance, you know, for that particular episode. Um, I was, I think surprised at how much that is probably the episode that I, I treasure the most is the one where I felt the most vulnerable. Um, and the fact that I can be accepted and I can be loved as I'm experiencing my character defects, because I think a lot of, um, this program is in a lot of ways trying, at least for me, to get to a raw experience of reality. So I'm not constantly judging or creating a story or even using um, spirituality or using Al-Anon to build my ego. I want to be able to live. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to say this live in my character defects, but seriously, I want to be able to experience sometimes experiencing them and stripping down and seeing that I can still be loved and accepted and that I don't have to be anything. I already am. You know, sometimes it's just about making the decision, you know, as they say in the steps, that I can sit in my fear, and that's totally valid. But that has nothing to do necessarily with whether I can do the thing that I'm scared of. That doing the thing (laughs) is just making a decision, at least for me, in my experience, because in my experience, it's a lot of the before and the after, it's the anticipation 
and it's the story I make up after. But when I'm in it, when I'm in the moment, the way in which the, this program, you know, is helping me to be, um, and I think the various other things I do in my life, which I think the program has taught me that I need, you know, I, I need a, a, a network and I need to get, to go after what it is that I need. Um, you know, that I can be accepted and loved, you know, no matter what by the right people and that I can let go. I can let go of the rest. I just do the footwork and I let go of the rest. So, um, all this to say is that, you know, the recovery show is an ongoing connection to me. It's an ongoing way to be of service. And I'm just really excited and honored to be included. I'm excited that this exists. Um, you know, my experience, my, uh, connection, my bias towards the po- podcast, um, notwithstanding, is that a thing I can say? Notwithstanding. So happy birthday. Happy birthday, Spencer. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to the recovery show. Happy birthday to you. All my love. Bye. Thank you, Mara, for that wonderfully sung happy birthday. I didn't get a song suggestion from her, so I picked the song by the Mountain Goats this year to accompany her share because she's the one that introduced me to this amazing band. I really hadn't, uh, to my knowledge, heard them before. So thank you for that, Mara. Uh, This song is about a chaotic, unmanageable life with the chorus, I'm going to make it through this year if it kills me. Well, we made it through this year. We've made it through two years, actually, and we're not dead yet. I had a conversation with uh, with Harriet. Uh, she sent me a short voicemail, and we both agreed that uh, we'd, we'd like to have a longer conversation. So here it is. Good morning, Harriet. Uh, I wonder if you would... Uh, Talk about your experience as co-host of The Recovery Show. Um, I would love to. Good morning, Spencer. Um, <clears throat> with my experience of The Recovery Show, I think I had said on the episode where I was a co-host, I listened to it for a long time before I really started going regularly to meetings. It was this huge thing in my mind of sort of like, what it meant to actually follow a program. There were a few things. I was struggling at the time with isolating. And so I brought that to your attention just as a topic. And I knew that you were looking for co-hosts. And my first thought was, oh, I don't have enough experience in Al-Anon. I really can't be a co-host. But then as I am working on my fourth step and there was a section on worthiness, I thought the only reason that I wouldn't offer myself is because I don't really feel worthy of it. And I don't want that to be the reason. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I emailed you, I, I said, without ever thinking that you would actually really take me up on it, <laughs> I offered that I was hesitant, but that I offer anyway. And, you know, you sent me back an email, you'll take it. To which um, that was the first part of my nervousness, but it was good for me. I, I even in in that 
part of it, I sort of had to work through being uncomfortable, the fear of being uncomfortable. So that was that was a good part of it for me, I have to say, in in the beginning part of it. The preparation of the show was good for me, though the whole experience overall, it it was not that I somehow had this epiphany about isolation mm-hmm. and that I transcended it. It was more, you know, I understood that we all do. Um, but what I got out of the show probably took place after the show. Because when we left, again, I said, I think I had said several times to you throughout the course of our conversations, if this is really not what you want, then you can absolutely not use it. It will not hurt my feelings. And I said that I wasn't sure if I was going to listen to the show. I was deeply uncomfortable and dreading listening to the show, but I did. Mm-hmm. The first 30 seconds were so excruciating to listen to the sound of my own voice and uncomfortable in that familiar, uncomfortable thing that I have been avoiding for a long time, for many, many years. But I got through that part, and it was sort of like almost this fourth-step experience of being able to sort of see myself for what I really was, not this fear of how I thought I presented myself throughout the podcast. So it was somewhat of this four-step experience for me, being able to see myself for what I really was. I think in the podcast, I I felt like I sounded scared, but that was okay because I really was scared um, in the beginning to do it. It was a new thing for me. Then all of that discomfort sort of melted away as I listened and I sort of got to experience myself for what I really was in this totally different way that I never would have. Hmm. Um, It was a victory for me. I felt just sort of putting myself out there to do the podcast. It was a victory for me following up with it, even though I was truthfully terrified before I share in a meeting, my fingers are usually shaking. So to actually do the podcast brought that to such a tremendously new level, (laughs) But it was a victory for me to put myself out there and to be willing. And it was a victory for me to listen and to be willing to see myself or, you know, hear myself Mm -hmm. as the case would be. Mm -hmm. Wow, thanks. I can say that I think I still share a lot of those feelings. I mean, I wouldn't call it terror anymore, but there's always a little bit of nervousness sitting down. and listening to myself is, uh, and I do, I, I, I listen to the podcast really a couple of times because um, I listen to it once while I'm editing and then comes up in my co- podcast player in rotation. And so I'm, I don't know, walking or taking the bus or driving in the car and there's my voice. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. It's still... It's interesting because I think I, you know, what you said about sort of seeing yourself, um, honestly, I think that's what you said. Um, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but there are times when I'm listening and I can sort of put myself outside myself and hear myself as another person. Uh, and, and I get something different from that experience than when I was saying it. And, and sometimes 
you know, I'll get to the end of recording a show and think, wow, that really sucked. <laughs> um, and then I'll listen to it and I'll say, oh, actually, no, it didn't suck. Uh, I was kind of organized and said the things that I wanted to say. And wow, that, that actually worked. Although certainly at the beginning and, and the the whole sound of one's voice when it's recorded thing, obviously listen to a bunch of podcasts about podcasting because I'm always learning and, and they talk about that and, and they say things like, don't, don't try to like change your voice. You know, you, there, we, we've got all these little knobs and dials we can use to like, you know, bring up certain frequencies or down and I could, I could make my voice really deep, which uh-huh, I can uh-huh. also just do because it's early in the morning and my <clears throat> vocal cords are still loose. Uh, but they, they, they say, don't, don't change your voice. We know you don't like your voice. Nobody likes their voice when they hear it, but that's because you hear it differently inside your head. And, and if you, if you try to change it, then it'll sound artificial. So it's, it, it is very much, it was for very much and still is uh, a fourth step kind of experience of inventory. And uh, learning to do that without judging myself, shaming myself, whatever uh, words you want to put there has been, um, you know, sort of a trip. Uh, anything else you want to add? I think I had said to you that, you know, having listened to you guys for, a long time before I really went to meetings. I, I think that I sort of, I, I was so, to, to go to the traditions, I was really attracted to what you guys had. I had really never experienced Al-Anon except through you guys first. Hmm. Um, and so I was attracted to the insight and the honesty, but more than that, I was attracted to the patience that you guys seem to have with yourselves, which I certainly did not have, you know, at the time. I really thought, I think I had said this to you, this fleeting thought was like, oh my God, could I ever imagine myself being so affected in a positive way from Al-Anon that I would be able to be on a podcast like that. And so- And there you are. And there I was. And I said that the victory for me was in this great milestone. And and truthfully, as with most things, from where you stood when you started and you get to this point, it's a to- it doesn't almost even matter anymore. And I think I had pictured initially that then I would have arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, and but then there was this whole different struggle and and working through that. Um but I, I was really glad to have the opportunity to, to have done that. You know, for me in my program, being uncomfortable is probably right up there with the things I am, you know, working through. And it was this whole other level of discomfort. A little anecdote, right before I spoke with you, I called a friend and was like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, first I listen, then I give a suggestion, and now I actually think that I'm, you know, somehow okay to be a co-host on the podcast. But I think that was, you know, I'm I'm learning to accept that that was my process, and mm-hmm. that you know I I needed all of that. And however it came out was was however it came out, and how it was meant to come out, you know, for my own experience. But but it was overall a really positive experience for me. Be- because of something that I hadn't even intended, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple of questions. Um, mm-hmm. uh, one, I, 
I, I'm curious, curious how you found the podcast. I think I found it on iTunes by the time, by the time I found it. What, what were you looking for? Do you remember? I just typed in Al-Anon. Oh, okay. All right. So at that point you were aware of Al-Anon. I was aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was suggested that I should go to a meeting and maybe I had, maybe I had gone to a meeting, but I, I hadn't really found my niche. I hadn't found a fellowship or something that I identified with and clicked with. Mm-hmm. And then there were a few other Al-Anon podcasts, but none of them spoke to me. I really liked the format. I liked the personality of the overall podcast. And at the time it was the three of you. And if I didn't, I identify with one of you. I certainly, I certainly identified with another one. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons I like to have guests Mm -hmm. because I know that not everybody's going to identify with me. I was going to say, although now that you occasionally do them alone or often do them alone, um, where I am now, I do though identify with certain parts. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and I think what I identified with, I needed to have a woman who was about my age at that point because that was that was sort of how much I could expand my mind to yeah. to be able to identify with somebody, to be able to hear their story in mine. It had to have some tangible element that was similar to mine. And I don't need that anymore. So now I'm more open that I really can, you know identify with people who are truly physically and otherwise different than I am. Mm -hmm. So my other question is, uh, would you consider doing it again? I would consider doing it again. I would consider doing it again. When I got off the show, I, my first thought was check, I'm done. This is a personal victory and I never have to feel this uncomfortable again. But our meeting last night, what the topic was gifts and how they're often wrapped in, they're often not wrapped as gifts mm-hmm. in the way that we think that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now talking to me this much later, I would definitely do it again. It, it was an overall good experience and it would also help me to get through feeling like I don't have to be an expert on anything that I just really need to speak, you know, from my heart. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all experts about our own experience. Right. And (laughs) you've said so much here and it, and it really has brought me to think. And I particularly was struck by this um, feeling where at the end you said, okay, I'm done. And then, it's sort of built in you and you said, no, you know, this, this was a good thing and I could do this again. And, and, and that resonates with sort of my experience in, in the program in general, that sometimes things take a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I might hear something and say, ah, I don't know about that. And then I'll hear it again. And I'll, eh, maybe. And then I'll hear it again and I'll say, Oh, huh. and then, you know, Maybe a month later, I'm like, yeah, go. <laughs> um, and it just, it, it, you know, I have to process. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, thanks for giving me your time this morning. Uh, I really this appreciate was, it. This was great. This was great. Thank you, Spencer. Good luck with the episode.
and Harriet selected the song A Long December by the Counting Crows. And I, I th- see that the opening lyrics are really uh, appropriate to this time of year, and they do express hope for the coming year, and I'm going to say year in recovery, although I don't think that's what the Counting Crows had in mind when they wrote the song. Uh, it opens with these lyrics, A long December, and there's reason to believe, maybe this year will be better than the last. And, and I'm going to take the maybe off, because in my experience, uh, working my recovery program uh, my life continues to to get better, and you know it's not always wonderful, but uh, in, on the whole, it it definitely continues to get better. Uh, Akila called uh, and left a short voicemail. Hey Spencer, it's Akila. I'm calling to talk about my experience as a co-host on your show. Um, I decided to do it because one of the things I've learned and one of the concepts is participation is the key to harmony. And what that means is if I want something to go well or if I want something to continue or if I enjoy something um, but maybe think it could be going a different way, then it's my job to participate or to show up. And you may or may not know this about me, but I really like to talk and I like to talk a lot and I always have something to say. And I will call in frequently to voice what I care about. And part of why I did that is because, of course, especially when um, Kelly and Swayther decided to leave the show, you had you were doing it by yourself, and so you needed support. But I also know that um, so I was more likely to participate then because I did want the show to continue, and I really appreciate it and what it does for me. And... Um, so participating as a co-host gave me a chance to talk a whole lot more than I can through the voicemail when I call in to leave a message. Um, I I felt fine about participating before, and I was really excited, actually, because, like I said, I have a lot to say all the time, and I frequently have opinions on things. And even though I'm sharing my experience, strength, and hope, I'm still um, telling people what I think, which is amazing, is what I do. I did listen to my show after it was over, and that was an interesting experience. And the best part for me was, one, I didn't remember everything I said, so it was nice to just hear it again. The other thing, though, was that it really made me think about um, let it go, right? You have to let go and let God. And this idea, of course, because I had all these things that I meant to say or should have said or wanted to say, and it was like, yes, but the show is over now. And so I had my chance to say what um wanted what I wanted to say and also trust my higher power that I would say that which would help someone else. And listening back to it just really made me understand that idea of letting go and it's not about perfection. It's just showing up and doing my best. And I would encourage anyone who is interested or has been thinking about it on the fence to totally do it because it's a lot of fun. It's just like having a mini meeting um, and talking about what's on my mind or what related to the topic. So, I mean, don't, I'm not shy, so I don't have problems with that. But if you are, I would still consider thinking about calling in because it is a very positive experience for me. Thanks again for your service, Spencer. And she picked the song, I've Had the Time of My Life by Bill Medley from Dirty Dancing. She says, I really did have a lot of fun participating in the show. So the joy in that song seems fitting. 
After a short break, we'll continue with Life in Recovery, uh, where I'll talk about how recovery is working in my daily life and in my meetings. In this section of the podcast, we talk about our life in recovery, what's happening in meetings and our life this week. Well, there's only one of me, so I guess I'll start and finish. Uh, it's been actually almost, uh, it's been two weeks since I recorded the last episode. I uh, uh, went to my parents' house with, with uh, my whole immediate family uh, for a week over the Christmas holiday. And I took along the computer and the microphone and I thought, yeah, I can do this. I can record this show while I'm there. And I've I've thought that before and I have never succeeded. And I don't know why I thought it would be different this time. but And it wasn't. Uh, you know, they, they live in a fairly small house. Uh, it was originally built as, as a vacation home and they moved into it when they retired. And they did expand it a little bit. There's basically no privacy in the place. There's no place I could go to have a quiet space where I could guarantee to be uninterrupted. And, you know, we talk about acceptance and I probably would have been easier to just accept that it wasn't going to happen. Say there's going to be a gap, which there was, uh, and, and not feel every day like, well, maybe I can do it today and then have it not happen. Um, this is a pattern. I should look at that. Okay. Inventory. Anyway, um, yeah, so aside from, from not recording the show, I did put a post on the website, uh, because, uh, Anthony wrote in or called in last week and, and asked, uh, if maybe I could put together a list of shows to listen to if I wasn't going to be there. Uh, and so I went through the back catalog and picked out, uh, I don't know, maybe 10, um, uh, podcasts that had topics that at least spoke to me about uh, the experience that I have or that that maybe other other friends have had um, over the holidays uh, with re- with respect to in particular uh, family and expectations those were the those are the two big things for me when uh, celebrating our, our big holidays and definitely I was with family so that was on my mind. Uh, I did, I made it to a meeting in the middle of the week. Uh, my wife and I both, uh, took, uh, took Wednesday, uh, went to Wednesday noon meetings, uh, the day before Christmas. It was, uh, also in the middle of our visit. So it, it worked pretty well to, uh, you know, give us a little boost in, uh, in our recovery and in, uh, and dealing with, uh, dealing with family, uh, you know, a lot of family, uh, uh, us, our two kids, my parents, uh, my sister and her fiance part of the time. And uh, in a lot of interactions, a lot of opportunity for uh, people's expectations to collide for, um, in particular, I think the older generation, the oldest generation and the youngest generation had some, some friction over just the ways in which um, they live, you know, that the, my kids spend most of their time attached to some electronic device and carrying on conversation at the same time. Uh, and, uh, my parents find this a little rude, I think. Um, and, uh, and it, I know, I remember my mother commenting at least a couple of times, like everybody's on a computer. I feel like I should have a computer. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Yeah. And also realized uh, towards the end of the visit, uh, as the friction actually um, came out into a, I'll say discussion, it was not a fight, but there definitely were emotions expressed and uh, voices raised a little bit uh, about uh, that, you know, um, expectations. I, I, I wanted to have as much time as possible with my family because Honestly, I don't know how much longer I'm going to have with my parents. Uh, and that was not ideal for um, some of the other people in the family. And that probably a day shorter would have left us with less conflict. Um, that that seven days, well, it was seven, yeah. Well, we arrived Saturday night, we left Saturday morning, so almost seven days. It was just a little bit too much togetherness. And we did get out a little, and it was good, but they, the other thing about their house is they're out in the country, uh, and there's really nowhere to go. Uh, and so you do get this sort of cabin fever thing. And we, you know, we got out, we went to a museum one day, we went, um, went out for dinner one night, uh, but Mostly we were all together in the house and we could be in different parts of the house, but they're not very far apart. So, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it worked okay for me because I have practice in, you know, seeing to my own needs. Um, and it didn't work It didn't work as well for some of the other people in the family. And, and I can see the difference sort of in... in um, you know, the the difference that, that having the tools of the program, I think, made for me. Um, another another problem there is that, um, you know, as I've, I've expressed, my mother is getting, well, forgetful. I don't know, uh, what's the term these days? Um, you know, we don't know that it's Alzheimer's. We, we, we can't really say dementia, but... Um, she definitely has very little short-term memory. And so one of my children has um, asked that we refer uh, to them by a different name and a different pronoun than, than what uh, they were, uh, what we gave them at birth. And this is hard in particular for my mother. She's doing pretty well with the name, but the pronoun thing just baffles her. And, um, this child got a little upset about that. I say child, um, because I don't have a better word here. Um, 24 years old. Okay. Um, and, you know, I have to explain that it's just, this is the way it is with her, that you can tell her and tell her and tell her and, and it may not ever really sink in. It may always be a surprise to her every time you bring it up. Um, and that's, you know, where some acceptance comes in. So those are some of the issues that came up and, you know, how I might use program tools to deal with them, I guess. Um, I, I did go, as I have gone to any um, big family event, uh, with very few expectations of what was going to happen, whether certain things would happen or wouldn't happen, whether uh, certain people would say something or not say something, uh, etc. Uh, and that 
makes it a lot easier for me to then enjoy what does happen uh, if I'm not comparing it to an expectation of, of something else. Um, yeah, so let's see. Oh, yeah, so the other thing uh, is that I'm actually taking two weeks off from work, which, considering the pace of work over the last year, uh, is pretty amazing. Uh, and I won't say that I was able to totally detach because when I left, there was uh, there was a couple of big issues that were potentially resolved, but still needed to be verified. And in fact, a problem came up in one of those areas, and it looked like I might have to call in for uh, a phone meeting. Um, I think on Wednesday. But luckily, it got resolved before the meeting was scheduled, and so I didn't have to call in. But I was I was on my email several times a day, just checking to see uh, how things were going, and if and and there was a couple times that I responded to an email, and once I logged into a system and and uh, fixed something very quickly, uh, and so it wasn't completely time off, but it definitely was not all day. It was just sort of. Um, I don't know, every every few hours, sort of check in. How are things doing? Okay, they're doing great. All right. Um, I'm not going to read all these emails. I'm just looking to see, yes, the status is good and we're moving forward. Or, oh, wait, I need to do something here. Uh, so so that was that's, that's good, and I still have a week to go. Uh, and it was looking before the holiday that I might have to go in uh, early in the week this week, but uh, I think that looks like it's not true. And that's wonderful because, um, you know, one of the, again, one of the things that I've learned in the program is, is to really as much as possible, keep work and, and home separate, uh, and to, to not be engaged in work when I'm on vacation. And so, um, I'm going to try really hard not to be engaged in work while I'm on vacation. I mean, not try really hard. It's just, it's a, it's a letting go thing. It's like, no, don't look at that email. Okay. <laughs> um, if they really want you, they'll send you a text. And that was what happened the one time when they were going to have a meeting. So anyway, uh, that's uh, the program program in my life uh, over the over the last week or so. That the things that stand out anyway. Oh yeah, the meeting I went to on Wednesday. Okay, not done. Uh, the meeting I went to on Wednesday, basically a lot of sharing about. Um, family and holidays, as you might expect, um, and uh, you know, I I got some some wisdom, and hopefully, I shared some wisdom. So that was good. Well, hey, what's going to happen in the coming year? Got a new year coming up. The next episode will be recorded in 2015. And what do we got coming up for topics? Well, um, still looking at topics of uh, sort of growing in the program and discovering ourselves, um, healthy support versus caretaking. Uh, still haven't got that one scheduled. Um, and uh, I guess, you know, we're approaching the end of the year. If you hear this before uh, the end of the year, thinking about, or, you know, at the beginning of, of 2015, you know, what kind of uh, sort of New Year's resolutions are you thinking about? How are you maybe going to be using your program to um, affect some real change? In your life, because if if you're like me uh, and you you make resolutions, uh, I would make resolutions. I'm going to do this, you know. I'm going to exercise three times a week, and then, you know, maybe I'd 
succeed at that for three three weeks, and then I start to slack off, and all of a sudden I'm not exercising again, and and so I've stopped doing that, uh, and uh, you know the only real resolution I make these days is I'm going to continue working the program. I'm going to continue doing the things that are set out for me to do in my recovery. Uh, and that includes taking care of myself, which might include exercising. But, uh, you know, what are you doing? Uh, what what are you looking forward to in the year? Um, so another topic that uh, is going to start up in 2015, I'm, I'm talking to a listener, a, a co-host, about uh, doing a series of episodes on the uh, 12 concepts of service. And we, we're still talking exactly how to structure that um, I, I've heard from some of you that uh, you're not interested in the tradition episodes, and I'm thinking, wow, so what does that say if we talk about the concepts? But, you know, we don't just talk about what does this mean for Al-Anon groups, what does this mean for the Al-Anon program as a whole, but we really try to focus on how can I take this concept, this tradition, and use it in my daily life in the ways that I interact with maybe family or with coworkers, um, and and so I really encourage. Um, these are going to be this is going to be an exploration for me because uh, none of the meetings that I go to have really uh, very much talked about the concepts at all, and so this is going to be an, an exploration for me um, as well as for you. And I, I invite you to come along on that journey as as we do this over the over over the year. So we welcome your thoughts. You can join the conversation. Please leave us a voicemail or send us an email with your feedback or questions. Uh, you can call and leave a voicemail at 734-707-8795. You can do that right now because this is a podcast. You can pause it. And then you can you can start again after you've left your voicemail at 734-707-8795. You can also use the voicemail button on the website, uh, particularly if you're outside the U.S., and if you prefer not to use your voice, uh, you like to be able to to edit uh, your your feedback, send us an email, feedback at com. We'd love to hear from you. Share your experience, strength, and hope, or your question um, about uh, these upcoming topics or any of our past topics. And if you have a topic you'd like us to talk about, let us know. And all the information about the show is at the website, which is therecoveryshow.com. And that includes, by the way, the email address and the phone number. So um, if you've been trying to scribble it down so you can call me, uh, just go to therecoveryshow.com. It's easier to remember. It's the same as the name of the show with a .com on the end. Uh, there's no spaces or anything, right? And uh, the email and the phone number are right up in the uh, the upper right corner on every page. Uh, and uh, if you're on your phone, you can even just like tap on the phone number and it should offer a call. Uh, so, um, and, and also if uh, you'd really like to join the conversation, uh, you know, like my guest today did, um, call or email and, uh, and let me know. And particularly if, if you have a topic you'd like to talk about, um, so that I can uh, keep you in mind. So got some, uh, Got some email and a voicemail today. Uh, Lisa wrote and said, I just wanted to thank you for your podcast. I look forward to listening to it every week. My schedule is pretty full, so I don't get to go to meetings too often. I've downloaded a few of the recovery books and listened to them at work. 
I enjoy your guests as well. Keep up the good work. You are appreciated. Thank you, Lisa. And uh, that reminded me that uh, the other day I was in the Amazon Kindle bookstore and it put up a list of recommended books. And right there was uh, the book How Al-Anon Works, which is you know the basic Al-Anon book. It's now available on Kindle. Uh, so I will put a link to that in the show notes for this episode and also on the books page. Um, those would be the books at therecoveryshow.com slash books. Another uh, couple of emails from Linda. She writes, Dear Spencer, your podcasts have really helped me so much. I really appreciate the depth of the talks with love and fellowship. And then a second email. She says, I've been to four to five meetings for Al-Anon where I live. I'm in the process of sorting out what might be most suitable for me. And I've discovered that if domestic violence is an issue, Al-Anon might not be the most suitable program. David Garvin suggests this in the Dawn Farm Addiction and Recovery Education Series podcast uh, episode, The Intersection of Domestic Violence and Substance Abuse, uh, from October 2013. And I found some similar suggestions in academic literature since the mid-90s. And got a couple of links here that I will put in the show notes. This is me, not Linda. And Linda continues, this is probably quite a complicated topic, but David Garvin explains how the model of Al-Anon is not necessarily transferable to domestic violence. Also, maybe it's helpful to explore how Al-Anon could be helpful parallel with a program for addressing domestic violence. So thanks, Linda, for that. Uh, actually, you know, I live uh, near Dawn Farm. It's sort of the the big local treatment center. And I've been to some of the education program talks and I did not realize that they're putting them out as a podcast. How about that? And they've been doing it for a couple of years, at least they've been doing the education program much longer than that. But, but uh, some of, some of the education series programs are put out as a podcast every year. For example, there's a sort of an Al-Anon panel where um, Al-Anon's uh, give very short open talks and then uh, answer questions from the audience. That is not available in the podcast, I'm sure, for uh, reasons of anonymity and, and privacy. But uh, uh, some of the presentations are, and uh, I will put a link to the David Garvin one and um, try to put a link to the whole podcast uh, so you can uh, subscribe to it or check out the episodes if you want. Rick uh, said, good day, Spencer. A quick note. I've been listening to the show for over a year and have listened to every episode and just want to say thank you so much for your participation in my recovery. And I hope by listening, I've contributed to yours. Every morning when I'm doing my shoulder exercises, I listen to your podcast and it has been a source of great comfort and encouragement. And I truly do appreciate being able to start my day off with your program playing a part in my morning routine of spiritual connectedness. Congratulations on 100 episodes and I look forward to the next 100. You had mentioned a couple shows ago about a meditation app that you had found. Can you please share with me more information on it? Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and your family and all your loved ones. May God's love and peace grow in you and yours one day at a time. Sincerely, Rick. And uh, and thanks that uh, for that note, Rick. And I responded to him with uh, um, information about the app. It's called The Mindfulness App, and it's in both the Apple app store and the google play store that i've seen uh we got a voicemail from akila 
Hey, Spencer. It's Akilah. I'm calling about the Swell Traditions episode. You asked um, how we've used the tradition outside of meetings. And so I was thinking about this. Um, and, of course, anonymity is a spiritual foundation. Reminds us to place principles above personalities. I belong to a book club, and I went to the book club. And outside, the woman had um, a political placard, you know, the thing advertising the candidate that she wanted to vote for, who I, I did not agree with, obviously. And I remember thinking, oh, God, I wish I didn't know this about her. But what I've learned here is I'm like, but that has nothing to do with why I'm here. The book club doesn't discuss politics. So I could leave that outside, and which brings us back to Tradition 5. I think your Tradition 5, which is we have but one purpose. And so the purpose of my book club is to discuss the book of the month and to have enjoy each other's company has nothing to do with our interest outside of book club because it didn't matter what her political affiliation was. What mattered was that we were coming together to eat and to discuss the book and to have fun. And that's something I learned in before I would have just like, I'm so annoyed by this. I can't believe she believes this and blah, blah, blah. And it just really doesn't matter. I can focus on what's important now. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Akilah. It's a wonderful example of, of using the programming in your daily life. It doesn't cost you anything to listen to The Recovery Show, but we do have expenses. They run about $60 a month. You can help to support us and keep us on the web and in your ear. We have a donation button on the website where you can support us directly, just like Becky, Anthony, and Sarah did. And thank you again, Becky, Anthony, and Sarah, for your generous contributions. We have... Also, uh, put together a list of recovery-related books. As I mentioned above, click the books link at the top of the page or go to therecoveryshow.com slash books. And we got books uh, from Elena. We've got some AA books. We have books about recovery experiences. Uh, we have books about non-recovery experiences, I think. Anyway, check it out. Uh, and I will be putting a link, as I said, to the Kindle version of the Al-Anon, uh, How Al-Anon Works book. I was so excited to see it there. I bought it immediately. So my last song selection, and I guess this is my song selection, uh, is uh, with a little help from my friends as sung by Joe Cocker. And you can listen to that at the recoveryshow.com slash 100 along with the other uh, songs that were mentioned earlier that were selected by my guests. I picked this song, obviously, because my friends who I've met through doing this show and have met through asking them to, uh, to co-host episodes have been a huge part of this show. And I really could not have done it without more than a little help from those friends. So thank you all. Thank you for listening, and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time.